You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Eight. The party had begun to get really good, Mercedes thought to herself as she let her eyes slide over the dance floor. The buffet had been remarkably good, especially considering what the budget had been, and now people had begun dancing under the colored spotlights as night fell and the cake and beer tables were brought out. Mercedes took a sip of beer from her plastic cup and licked her lips. She had not seen Jim since he had left, and she was actually a bit worried that he wasn't just hiding. His car was still there, so he had not driven back to town. She considered calling his cell phone to ask him if he wanted something to eat before the food was all gone, but the phone was in her jeans in the car. Before she had a chance to get it, she was whisked onto the dance floor by a cowboy, then again by a Confederate soldier, and by a couple of her girlfriends and chaps. She forgot all about the phone and just danced, enjoying the way her body felt in the costume. The Native American princess outfit had set her back over $90, but it was worth every penny. It was sexy without being indecent, and showed off her flat stomach. Her hair was held back by a headband with feathers and decorations, and when she danced it moved back and forth behind her. She liked wearing it, and it obviously attracted men like a cube of sugar attracts bees. Clarice had, most of the evening, been busy with coordinating the party's backstage operations, but after the food had been packed away, she had apparently decided to let her hair down a little. Mercedes saw her being the center of a dance threesome with two cowboys, both wearing ten-gallon hats and plaid shirts. Clarice twirled between them, dancing first with one, then with the other. She was dressed as a sexy cowgirl, with her shirt tied in a knot under her breasts. Mercedes was surprised how few of the guests were actually dressed as Native Americans. She'd only seen five besides herself, and they were all men. Why anyone would not take the chance to dress a little crazy when they had the chance puzzled her. But she didn't let it bother her. It just meant she got even more attention. When a particular fast dance was over, Mercedes wiped her brow and climbed up on the side of the stage to get a little above the crowd. The DJ was busy with his records, so when she got behind the big speakers, it was actually quite peaceful. She looked out over the dance floor, enjoying the swaying and moving of all the dressed-up people. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw movement in the dark and turned her head. Her face broke into a big smile when she recognized Jim's shape emerging from the woods and heading straight for her. She went to the edge of the stage to meet him, but when he came into the light, her brow furrowed. His jacket looked dirty, his shirt was torn, and there were bloody spots on it. 
Dios mío, Jim, what happened? She asked, kneeling down and raising her voice to be heard over the music. It's a really, really long story. I went back in time, is what happened. And someone from the past got through to here, an Indian warrior. We've got to find him before the hole in time changes its destination. Hole in time? So it was real? Like a time machine? More like a gateway, but yes, it's very real. I was back in old Indian times, before white men had come here. I've met the whole damn village. But the thing sort of sucks people through, so we need to find him and get him back. Not to mention that we need to seal off this area so nobody else goes through. How the hell do we find one guy in this big forest? Mercedes asked. I'm not exactly dressed to go out on a scout expedition. Besides, he could be anywhere? Jim cocked his head. I doubt it. If you came into a forest that sort of looked like the one you knew, and you could hear loud sounds and people a little bit away, where would you go? I guess I'd go towards it, to see if it was people I knew and if they could help me. Exactly. I'm betting he's looking at the party, trying to make sense of it. Maybe he thinks we're monsters or something. Mercedes turned her head and looked out over the crowd. Or maybe he's decided to investigate it up close. She pointed to a man with his back to them. He was standing by the cake table, and from the way he was smearing his face with the cake, he was either not used to whipped cream or very, very fond of it. He was wearing nothing but a loincloth and a vest, but it looked much more real than any of the other costumes. Do you think that might be your guy? Jim stomped his foot. Crap! How the hell do we get him out of here? I don't speak his language. How did you meet his village, then? I pointed and grunted. What do you think? I don't carry around an Indian dictionary. That's Native American, Jim? Whatever. Bottom line is, we have to get him away from here before he hurts someone. He was about to step onto the dance floor when Mercedes grabbed his arm. Wait. Take your jacket and shirt off. My shirt? Why? People might notice you in a bad way. You've got blood in your clothes. Just wear your jeans and you'll sort of look like a party cowboy. Mercedes noticed a black cowboy hat left behind on the stage by one of the dancers. Oh, and here. Perfect. Jim quickly took his jacket off, pulled the tattered remains of his shirt off and threw it to the ground. He also took off his shoulder holster and stuck the gun in his belt. The hat on his head and his naked chest made him look like a member of the village people. Mercedes giggled, and Jim scowled at her. What? Nothing. You're picture perfect. Now go get him, macho man. Jim crossed over the dance floor in quick steps, trying not to step on anyone's toes. He considered drawing his gun, but decided against it. The Indian might not recognize it from the forest, and besides, he wasn't trying to threaten the man. He just needed to get him back in one piece. He put his hand on the warrior's arm and spoke in a calming voice. Hi there, buddy. Remember me? The warrior turned his head to the voice, looking at him for a moment without any hint of emotion in his eyes. His face, smeared with whipped cream, was otherwise filled with fear and confusion. Then he seemed to recognize Jim. His eyes widened and he took a step back. He said several words, one of them again being Manitou, which Jim was reasonably sure meant God or spirit. Yeah, it's me, the Manitou, Jim said, smiling and trying to look friendly. He held up both of his palms. Look, unarmed and everything. 
buddy, you're in the wrong place. I'm here to take you home. He pointed back towards the forest and the direction of the anomaly. Don't you want to go home? To all your friends? To Cockney. Cockney's back there. The warrior's eyes seemed to react to the name, as Jim hoped. He looked the way Jim pointed, but the lights on the dance floor were too bright to see the woods in detail. Come on, let's go see Cockney, Jim said, grabbing a plate and cutting a big piece of cake. He held it out to the warrior as if to entice him. Here, one for the road. Come on, let's go. He put his hand gently on the warrior's shoulder, guiding him away from the table. The warrior went along with him, asking him several questions in his own language, which Jim wished he could answer. Jim led him around the back of the stage where Mercedes stood waiting. She looked at the warrior, her eyes wide. So, that's a time traveler? she asked. Yeah, an unwilling one. The warrior looked at Mercedes and stopped on the spot. He pointed to her and said several words that sounded almost angry. What? He doesn't like my costume? Before Jim could reply, the DJ faded a song down. In the few moments before the next one came on, he could hear several loud shouts and howls coming from the forest. He turned his head and tried to see through the darkness. The woods were suddenly alive with activity. Indians, and a lot of them, came running from the trees and towards the party. They were shouting and screaming what Jim figured were battle cries. Oh no, he whispered, and turned to the warrior next to him. But he stopped them. Tell them not to... That was as far as he got before the warrior grabbed Mercedes in his arms and lifted her up from the ground. She gave a surprised scream, and before Jim could react, the warrior slammed into him, throwing him to the ground. He got to his feet quickly, but not before the warrior was several steps away with his prisoner. The Indians came running out of the darkness like vengeful spirits. The party guests seemed startled, but not too much. Many began to laugh and point, apparently taking the warriors as some kind of entertainment. Jim saw one of the cowgirls make a grab for a warrior, as if he had been a stripper. The warrior was equally surprised, but he reacted instinctively, slapping the girl with his hand and sending her sprawling to the ground. Jim tried to pick out where Mercedes and her kidnapper had gone, but it was impossible in the crowd. When the warrior started pulling out weapons, the dance floor erupted in a panic. Screams and curses mixed with the war cries and fist fights broke out between the warriors and people defending their dates. Jim felt helpless. He couldn't make himself understood to the Indians, and the party guests were probably too frightened to listen to reason. But he had to do something before the Indians began slaughtering and scalping the party guests. Leaping to the stage, he grabbed the microphone from the paralyzed DJ and shouted into it, making the speakers whine with feedback. Manitou! This produced an immediate reaction from the Indians, who looked around terrified when the amplified voice seemed to fill the world. Jim waved his arms, trying to make them notice him. Hey, up here! Manitou! Manitou! Okay, everybody who understands what I'm saying, these people are dangerous. Run to your cars! People didn't seem to need encouragement. They began running away towards the parking area. Some of the Indians followed them, but most of them stayed behind to look at Jim. He supposed he made quite a sight for them, standing as he did in the colored light. Jim looked at the Indians, who were wearing war paint. They were hard to tell apart. Cockney, he shouted. Cockney, 
One of the men approached the scene and knelt down in front of it. Jim could recognize his travel companion, even through the paint he had smeared on his face. Jim jumped down from the stage and pulled Cocknew to his feet. Come on, Cocknew, help me out here. Please understand me. Call your friends off. He made the same gestures as before, pointing to the woods away from the party guests. Come on, understand me. Home. Go home. Cocknew didn't look like he understood anything. He merely looked awed. Jim saw the cars beginning to start in the parking lot. Headlights came on, and this was followed by shrieks of fear from the Indians who had followed the fleeing guests. Several of them turned and ran back, while others stood frozen in fear. Of course. They've never seen cars before. They must think they are monsters or something, Jim thought. He grabbed Cockney's face, turning it towards the cars. See? Those will come after you. Run! Either it was his tone of voice or the sight of a Chevy van turning on its headlights. But Cockney seemed to comprehend this final order. He shouted something in his own language, and another older warrior answered him. It sounded like he was less than pleased. Cockney pointed to Jim, gesturing and speaking fast. The older warrior grunted, made a gesture that Jim thought was a half-assed show of respect, and shouted a command. The warriors began to retreat, running back towards the woods. Jim breathed a sigh of relief and began running after them, making sure they headed back to the anomaly. But he knew he had to go back himself. He had to get Mercedes. Mercedes.